This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans. He is Senior Fun Buns Brandon Funston from The Athletic. Week 14, mercifully, is in the books, Brandon. Uh, we've got COVID issues, we had bye weeks, we had injuries galore, we had Urban Meyer doing dumb things like not giving James Robinson the football, just landmines all over the place and detonated for a lot of people out there. If your fantasy season is over, there's always the Faith and Noise podcast, which talks about sports <laughs> betting that Luddy and I do four days a week. <laughs> Highly recommend uh, subscribing and listening to that on the regular uh, so you can maybe win some bets across the smorgasbord of sports. But there are still some people vying for the gridiron gold. So uh, let's talk first, though. Biggest takeaway in your estimation, other than the guys we're going to talk about on the waiver wire <laughs> in week 14. Good caveat because I was going to go there, but I was going to uh-huh. hold off on it because I, you know, have a takeaway there for sure. But let's just go the to the Denver Broncos backfield is what we thought they were. You know, don't uh, you know? For as much as we love Juggernaut Javante, Melvin Gordon comes back and takes 24 carries in his return. The great thing about it is it's a very fruitful backfield. They're all, you know, that offense completely tailored to that backfield. But anybody who thought that, like, it's because Javante got the, you know, the backfield to himself last week and was the number one fantasy running back and thought that Melvin Gordon would be relegated, you know, to a little bit more of a distant second. uh, Yeah, we're not there. That's we're back to we're back to what we've had all along. And this is going to go down to the wire this way. But it's okay because, as we saw on Sunday, the schedule is good enough. You can play both of these guys in your same backfield. It's the best of the combos, and uh, it is, it is like I said, what we thought it was. Yeah, look, uh, all the remaining matchups, top 15, and most fancy points, a lot of the running back position get Cincinnati at home in Week 15, and then at Vegas and at the Chargers in Week 17. So you're right, man. Saddle up both those ponies because uh, they're going to guide you to the winner's circle. Faux show. Um I got two. One real quick. Justin Fields is going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback next year. I'm going to just, you know, stake it right now and and put it out there into the ether. I, I love what he is doing. I see the maturation and the growth. He's making some mistakes here and there, but, man, he's been running like crazy. You saw it on Sunday night. That second quarter was amazing. Uh, both those teams loving, you know, knockout blows. And, of course, the Bears ended up falling on their sword in the end as predictably they would but man Fields' duality is special and I can't wait to see what an offseason will bring with his overall development and then sticking in that game A.J. Dillon uh, really you know dialed it up in terms of the volume over Aaron Jones 15 to 5 Dillon outpaced Jones in carries and outsnapped him 34 to 29 as well uh, you know, Aaron Jones obviously got in the end zone a couple of times, nothing to scoff out there, but it's really kind of like what Mike Clay tweeted about earlier today. It's a 1A, 1B situation. You talk about that backfield in Denver. Realistically, I think you could also start Dylan and Jones the rest of the way. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I don't think there's a sea change that A.J. Dillon is now moving ahead of of Aaron Jones because he got more volume in this game against the Bears. You know, remember they're they're kind of you know behooves them to probably, you know, limit the volume for Aaron Jones right now where they can and they had opportunities to do that down the stretch in this game. But I agree. I think uh, it's such a good backfield that both of these guys are in play as as you know AJ Dillon is an RB two and 
maybe Aaron Jones more of as a, you know, very top RB2 or very bottom RB1, but I think they're both very playable going forward. Yeah, and you look at the matchup, so not nearly as delightful as what Denver is going to have in front of them as Green Bay gets the Baltimore Ravens on the road in Week 15. Uh, hopefully Aaron Rodgers will be on the field, though we had that setback with his fractured toe. You get Cleveland in Week 16, but oh, 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 let the Angels descend because if you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on your fantasy roster and you make it, you're lucky enough to make it to the fantasy Super Bowl, you get the Minnesota Vikings at home. Both those guys there are going to eat. Go. You're going to eat and probably get you over the hump and secure you that trophy under the tree. With that, let's get to it with another round of the Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, we're talking waivers, as we always do on the Monday edition of the podcast. Uh, and let's look at the Bolts backfield. Daniel Poppers, your esteemed colleague at The Athletic, and he was on our SiriusXM Radio show, Faith the Noise, listen to it on the Fantasy Channel every Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. And we asked him, hey, look, it's cuffing season, right? You want to make sure that you're getting that backup secured in case your big dog goes down. And we asked Daniel, like, who's the next man up? And he's like, well, that's a great question. I get this all the time. He goes, it's going to be more or less an RBBC. And he goes, if I had to lean, it would probably be spearheaded by Justin Jackson, but it's going to be a pretty darn close, even split with him and Joshua Kelly, um, and you saw that happen on Sunday when Austin Eckler went out with the ankle injury. He says he's going to be okay. We'll see about that. It's a short week. It's Kansas City on Thursday night football. So, Brandon, if you had your pick of those two guys, if you want to try to shore this backfield up as an Eckler person, what would you do? Yeah, hopefully Eckler is just fine, but I think if you, you could only pick up one, I would be inclined to probably pick up Justin Jackson because you know he split the carries almost evenly with um with Josh with Josh Kelly but I think he's going to be more likely to be the person that would pick up Eckler you know it wouldn't be a one for one replacement but be the, the guy more likely to get things done in the passing game out of the backfield so um I would lean that direction but I fully would expect that this will be a village to replace Eckler should they have to do that. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. So in the end, uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. But if if you have to choose one, probably Jackson, but both are going to get some more. Kelly did get some red zone touches in that game mm-hmm. yesterday. So something to monitor there. In other words, it's a complete crapshoot, folks. So yeah. go with the smarter guy, uh, Justin Jackson. He went to <laughs> Northwestern. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> the shot at UCLA. Number four. All right, let's move on and talk quarterback. Uh, and we'll see about Lamar Jackson. As uh, reports came out, as you and I were doing our Monday radio show, we taped the pod right afterwards. Uh, Harbaugh came uh, and out and said that you know Lamar Jackson, they're planning for him to play. It's not a high ankle sprain. Again, we'll see. So if you want to lock that position down, and you know, COVID's still lurking. I mean, we get all these out of nowhere bolts from the blue that are striking and strike you down. So you have to pivot immediately and and hope that, you know, it happens in a timely fashion where you're hawking the waiver wire. You can pick somebody up uh, that can give you some meaningful production. But let's say Lamar Jackson doesn't go. What do you make of Tyler Huntley? Is he somebody you would consider streaming this week or just pick it up if you're a Lamar Jackson backer uh, to go with his back up, thinking, hey, I may be able to get 20 points out of him in the matchup against Green Bay. 
Well, this is actually uh, a, a decent week for streaming. Uh, you look at Ben Roethlisberger going up against Tennessee. You got Jimmy G rolling with George Kittle completely unleashed. They're going up yeah. against Atlanta. And the one I really like, it's Tua, Tiger Valella going up against uh, the Jets. So those are some good options. Where does Tyler Huntley rank in there for me? I think he ranks kind of up there. I would probably rank Tua number one. I might put Tyler Huntley right there. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger because he throws so damn much. But, uh, you know, Huntley is somebody they plug into that Ravens offense. They run the same offense because he has rushing skills, not completely like Lamar Jackson because no one completely has rushing skills like Lamar Jackson. But he's going to be, when he's on the field, one of the, I don't know, top six or seven uh, most elusive running quarterbacks in, in, in you know, in any given slate, any given Sunday. So, um so, yeah, I mean, I think that's somebody that you can lean on if Lamar Jackson can't go for sure. Looked pretty good after a little bit of a slow start. Started playing that little bit of hurry up pace and it fit him pretty well on Sunday. I like Huntley a lot. Um, you know, he had one run in that game in which he juke like six defenders. I mean, he's got some wiggle, and it's deceptive, mm-hmm. right? He's not the fastest guy. Like, Lamar is just so explosive. You know, when he hits the go button, it's it's a puff of smoke, and that's all that's left. And he's already, you know, yeah. 10 yards down the field. Uh, with Huntley, you know, it's a little bit more deliberate uh, in his style. But, look, he completed 71% of his attempts. You know, he might be a better passer than Lamar Jackson is right now. <laughs> the way things are going. Uh, so very impressive, and you know, and he's an opportunistic and a design runner. So just like you said, it's yeah, he's like a middle of the road version of Lamar, but the offense does not alter just because he is at the controls. So look, if Huntley does get the start, and I and I think it's looking more like a long shot, uh, he would be in that mix among the streaming class, and I would probably have him at number two behind Tua, quite honestly. Yeah, uh, for me, that's just where be- I'm at too. Yeah, just because of the what forty plus rush yard potential that he has. And he doesn't really turn the ball over. doesn't make any mistakes. And he puts the ball into his playmaker's hands. He was force-feeding Mark Andrews. We got some Rajad Bateman, finally. And also Marquise Hollywood-Brown. I, I thought he did a really good job yesterday in a tough environment there in Cleveland. Number three. All right, next up, uh, let's go to Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills, Brandon, and a player who has now found the end zone and back-to-back weeks uh and a player that you know was really a, a major red zone threat for josh allen last season uh that's why he was uh, on many uh, a popular sleeper list back in august but we're seeing an increase in snap share we're seeing an increase in overall usage and now with the red zone looks uh he's interesting uh to say the least and it sounds like it's a mild case of turf toe for josh allen so he is not expected to miss any time though uh his running may be curtailed somewhat uh you get the carolina panthers this week any interest at all in adding gabe davis for the playoff run as a depth ad or maybe somebody they could lean on as a viable crutch in case again out of nowhere covid strikes your team yeah i think i'll I'll have him ranked in the top 50 i think he's a wide receiver four puts him in the flex conversation you know you you it's Emmanuel Sanders went out with the with the knee injury and Gabe Davis gets eight targets. That's been the thing is he's had a hard time cracking those top three in Sanders and Beasley and Diggs. But if you tell me he's in the top three, 
I'm always interested in, in a top three receiver for the Buffalo Bills because they're you know they like to chuck it, and this is a guy that's going to be their big play guy, guy they use in the in the red zone, but also somebody that can stretch the field a bit. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be interested in him, but like you know, tempered enthusiasm because it's the Panthers, not a great matchup, and then you get New England next week if you are going in on on Gabe Davis. You know, the, this next couple weeks don't really have a huge ceiling, but you might you know, continue to get 50 yards and a touchdown potential out of him. And that's, you know, that's wide receiver four-ish for me. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, 100% there with, with Gabriel Davis. He he is starting to excite me a little bit. And, you know, you, you have to go with the mindset of, you know, this is not a guy that's uh, going to get to 100 yards in a given week. You know, you're looking at hopefully 40, 45 yards and a touchdown. But you know what? That'll get it jo- the job done right now. I mean, that's that's how it, you know, especially in leagues that are challenging with multiple uh, flexes and or if you got to start three wide receivers. I mean, it's just so many potholes and so many punctures on rosters that you got to fill those gaps. You got to flex seal it, man. Slap mm-hmm. some of that tape on there. Just like you see in the commercials. And then you you take your acrylic boat out on the water and it floats. It floats. It's amazing. That's what Gabe Davis is. You'll keep your boat afloat if you pick him up. Number two. All right, next up here on the list, Brandon. Uh, now we're going to get to a little bit more exciting options. Well, maybe. Craig Reynolds. Uh, pride of uh, – we, we learned the pronunciation from our buddy Mike Clay at ESPN. It is – let me make sure I get this right. It is Kutztown, correct? No. Kutz. Kutz. Kutztown. Kutztown. Like foot. Kutz. 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 Kutztown. Not yeah. Kutz. Not Kutz. Kutztown. Kutztown. There you go. There it is. I got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Took me like three te- attempts. But uh, Andre Reed University, Craig Reynolds University, Mike Clay University, were you as impressed as I was with Craig Reynolds out of nowhere uh, putting up 99 combined yards in Denver last week? What do you mean out of nowhere? Is that a Kutz? Kutztown. <laughs> See, now you screwed it up. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. Let's just... Let's just avoid talking about where he's from. Uh, you know, I didn't really know anything of him. I'm looking at the NFL draft profile of him, and, you know, they've got some good characteristics, and obviously they were on display. This is, uh, you know, this is obviously a matter of what's going on with, with DeAndre Swift, what's going on with Jamal Williams, how much of an opportunity. I don't think he's going to overtake them uh, if, if those guys are available down the stretch, but, you know, Detroit has nothing to play for. They certainly wouldn't, you know, hurt for them to see what they have in some of their depth guys on their roster. So he was impressive. I just, you know, it's it's hard to know how how heavily you need to go in on those guys because we don't know if Swift could return this week, and then that kind of renders the whole thing moot. Well, Jamal Williams could be back off COVID as well, and yeah. right now, uh, Dan Campbell saying that Swift remains day to day, but has an opportunity, a chance to play in Week 15. So something to monitor there. I will say this, if, if Reynolds gets a shot, even if Jamal Williams is activated, I think they may evaluate Reynolds a little more just based on this performance that he had. You know, excellent vision, cutback, uh, contact balance, the power uh, through initial line of contact. He was catching the ball cleanly out of the backfield. I mean, he stood out. He really did. So you're right. Maybe they want to give him a little bit more run. Their season's over. They've officially just now been mathematically eliminated. When you get Arizona who's given up 4.66 yards per carry the running back position on the immediate horizon. So, uh, And then after that, uh, at Atlanta and at Seattle, it's a decent schedule, to say the least, for Detroit running, back, running backs. But, you know, Reynolds, somebody worth kicking the tires on in deep, challenging leagues just to see 
what could unfold and how long it may take for DeAndre Swift to get back on the field. Number one. All right, last and certainly not least, let's talk about your guy, Rashad Penny. Uh, You have the floor, Brandon. Uh, He went nuts. It was (laughs) glorious to see. Reminiscent of his days at San Diego State, breaking Marshall Falk's records. Uh, The man was all over the field uh, against Houston, and the numbers certainly bear that out, didn't it? Yeah, and you know, I will say that I was not, I've not been the biggest advocate of Rashad Penny throughout his career. You were a huge fan of him when he came out, uh, and, and you know, I'd always push back and say this is a Carson-led team, um, you know, and they always they actually played off of each other pretty well. But I've just been looking at this team; they haven't had any running game whatsoever since Carson went down. Alex Collins has been just a ham and agar of the highest level, and then I, you know, that end of that San Francisco game. Rashad Penny ends up with like 10 carries for 35, 37 yards, whatever it was. But he jumped out of me as he was running tough and he looked pretty good. And I was like, you know what? The way things are going, the way the injuries are aligned for this really nice matchup against Houston, Penny's probably looking at what I thought was going to be 15 carries. He ends up getting 16, ends up getting two huge runs putting up one of the best fantasy days at the running back position. I'm here to tell you, they, they use the first round pick on this guy. He's one of the healthiest. He's given them production right now. They're going to continue to try to tap into this the rest of the way. And other than like, uh, you know, a problematic matchup for Seattle upcoming against the Rams, you get the bears and the lions after oh. that. Those, those oh. could be smash penny. Yeah. It could be more pennies from heaven, uh, you know, down the stretch here. Yeah. Penny saved uh, will be a penny well earned. Uh, more doubt about it if you inquire him. Yeah, look, he is going to have a December to remember. He is likely going to be that difference maker who uh, will come, you know, out of nowhere and get you over the top. And again, have you, uh, you know, ha- having all the bragging rights in your fantasy league. I'm with you. Again, 138 combined yards and 17 touches with two touchdowns. Yeah, it was hapless. Houston, Alex Collins is rubbish. He is going to be the guy. And this team has just been so desperate to strike a balance offensively. And look, Seattle. There, you mentioned it. The Seahawks are only a game out of the yeah. wild card right now. That's right. It's nuts. <laughs> silly. It really is silly. So Rashad Penny could be that difference maker in fantasy and in reality. Whatever fab dollars you have left, just spend it all if you need the assistance. Even if you don't, add them for depth at a minimum. All right, Brandon, before we get out of here, let me just rapid fire a couple of guys and see if you're interested. Braxton Berrios had 10 targets last week. Elijah Moore is out for the – foreseeable future he's on ir Corey davis we know is out for the season everybody else stinks on that roster jamison crowder has his moments but the jets are always playing for behind barrios and a full point ppr could he be a jacoby meyer type uh they could pick up off uh waivers and maybe plug in and get you 10 points yeah my only concern is Meyer's pretty good with those outside corners and if he has to play on the outside because crowder's playing mostly in the slot that could be a rough matchup. I might be a little bit more interested in the next guy uh, that you want to throw out there. Josh Palmer, very talented kid, uh, Tennessee product, correct? If I remember, that's correct. Yeah, he was one of the guys that I remember watching the tape, thinking I like this guy. Yeah, and he looked and great he's yesterday. sorting, he's starting to bubble up a little bit. But that was obviously with Keenan Allen out. It'll be, you know, Allen back presumably that that could slow the role there as well. So honestly, if Allen's back, I'm probably leaning Barrios anyways. Well, it sounds like Allen is likely going to be back. I mean, he was vaccinated. He was on the COVID list. Um, you know, they, the full expectation is he will return Thursday night against Kansas city, but Palmer, you know, if you got a dollar, spend it. You never know, mm-hmm. you know, if, 
if God forbid Allen fell to a major injury or Mike Williams did and that path to opportunity opens, you saw what he did yesterday. He could do that consistently with his body, with his explosiveness, and his versatility in routes too. And I loved how they were deploying him. You know, quick shots underneath and deep balls as well down the field. Yeah, no doubt. All right, and let's go to Miami. God, what a mess. <laughs> Everybody's on the COVID list. Uh, I, we were originally going to talk about Philip Lindsay here, but he's now on the COVID list. So Gaskin's on the list. Savan Ahmed's on the list. Philip Lindsay is on COVID list. Uh, your backups are uh, Duke Johnson and who is Jared? Who Jared Dokes? Who Jared looked Dokes? Him, he got some also some you know interesting characteristics, but uh, you know he's. He, He's five foot eleven, like two hundred twenty pounds. So he's a bit of a got a bruising build to him. Um, I would think that against the Jets with a lead, if he is Duke Johnson and him, that probably Dokes is the way that you go. You know, um, well, it could be like the Craig Reynolds of Miami. Yeah, totally could be. Absolutely. All right. Again, hail mary, desperation <laughs> heave. Uh, the game on the line from the fifty yard line. You're just trying to hit somebody at the apex and maybe it's jared dokes in which i know nothing about until i heard the name today and looked up his wikipedia page and that is a wrap on this edition of the fantasy fast track podcast please follow brandon on twitter at brandon funston follow me there at noisy huevos drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this broadcast and as always until next time adios amigos